Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. (laughs) We got another good one today. Daughter of the legendary Frank Zappa, the one and only Moon Unit Zappa. Yeah. I've been longtime friends, longtime friends with Moon. And uh, so I'm excited because this is the first podcast appearance she's ever made whoa. With, with me. I mean, she's been on other podcasts. You yeah. yelled, yelled, whoa, before I finished that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we'll try to get her on Douglas movies next. And then uh, uh, Gang Doug with High, probably not. But we'll see. We'll see where she's at. Uh, it's Thursday, May 20th, 2021. Let's go to work. Hello to Moon Zappa. How Hello, I'm here. I'm here. I'm so thrilled to speak to you, and I uh, I just adore you just to pieces. And hello to you, Doug, the other Doug. Hello. Thank you for being on. <laughs> she adores me. She adores me, but you, she's uh, you know, she's gonna. I'm Luke Warman. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's uh, you know, he's a friend of mine, so I think you'll like him. <laughs> um, and uh, he's my co-host, and we're just gonna you know, talk to you for a little while. It's, it's crazy to me that I've been making podcasts for many years. And and I, the idea of having you on one somehow has slipped by. So I apologize for that. And uh, (laughs) I'm glad, I'm glad this is finally being rectified. I'm trying to think, were you, did I respond to a tweet or something? Something happened that made me think of you. And so I reached out, but I've, of course, I've already forgotten what that was. <laughs> you did Brett Goldstein's podcast, his, his uh, films to be buried with podcast. And I think he forced you to uh, possibly listen to my episode as a, this is how it's done kind of a thing. And you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, well, this is a, a you know, an opposite, you know, experience coming on this podcast because not only do we not ask you to you know listen to a previous episode but also we don't have a you know a bunch of very personal questions that show is so much fun to do but it you actually have to put some thought into it first because brett just goes through and asks i'm explaining it to to the other doug now yeah uh, he goes through and asks what you know asks you stuff like uh 
you know, uh, first movie you can remember seeing and, you know, first movie that, you know, had a big impact on your life. And it just, it just goes through and it's called films to be buried with. And the premise is that you're dead. And then, uh, for some reason, people need to know which films to put in your coffin, I think. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. And, but it? the thing is, like, it's, it's such a setup for having an existential crisis because you have to contemplate your death and you also have to contemplate <laughs> what you loved while being alive. So, you know, you think at first, you're like, oh, that'd be fun. And then you're like, what have I said yes to? Oh, my God. I have to, like, really do a little. I mean, you know, if you're deep or if you're if you actually follow the instructions, then you're going to you're going to probably end up uh, either asking Brett to pay for a therapy session or just using him as the therapy. Yeah. Cause you know, what movie makes you cry is, was uh, on the list of things. So just just having a, a discussion about movies that makes me cry practically makes me cry. I guess his guests have uh, openly sobbed on the show, but I, I think you held it together pretty nice. No, I did not hold it together. I, d- I never hold it. I'm always crying. <laughs> but it, it turns out it turns out it's because i have a thyroid condition so it's fine that's why that's why i didn't notice because you're because i'm just used to you always crying so <laughs> it just seems it seems so normal it was no big deal but uh, right I'm, I'm, I'm here to normalize crying everyday crying hey, he we're said here for it he said you know listen to an episode if you you know if you feel like it and i and i did want to hear you know what the sh- i like to know what a show is going to be like so i when i looked at past episodes i had seen that you had just done the show so that's uh so i picked your episode he didn't uh force me to listen to it and uh, <laughs> but but it was it was super fun because it's like uh, uh you know I, I just listening to you talk to him it just it felt like catching up with you a little bit because uh, it has been a long time since we spoke, but, uh, we did, uh, you know, uh, spend some time together hanging out with a bunch of, uh, uh, wacky people. And part of this show, another reason why it's crazy. I haven't gotten in touch with you, of course, is because we talk all the time with the guests about their, their given name, their first name and how they think it affects their life. Cause we've, uh, I'll speak for both Dougs for a second. We just sort of feel like Doug, the, the blandness of the name Doug is something you either rise above or you just live with. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but in your case, it's just so, it's so special to have a name like moon. So just, you know, I'm, and I'm sure you're also sick of this question, but just for the sake of this show, we always ask the guest, how, how did you like having that your name growing up? So my name uh, is Moon Unit Zappa, no hyphen. And uh, my father gave my mother the choice of Moon or Motorhead before he went on tour. (laughs) She chose Moon. And uh, Unit is because I was the firstborn. And because of my birth, we became a family unit. So growing up, I had, uh, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm a Libra with a cancer moon Aquarius ascendant. And so growing up family was everything to me. I I'm basically unit and family is my middle name and I have a cancer moon. So my nature is to be very maternal and want to put everybody in a cozy little nest with me and also not leave my house. Uh, and so, uh, um, and then, um, uh, moon, 
is the thing that reflects the light of the sun. So growing up in a patriarchal society with a major patriarch for a father, I felt like I had no identity and my job was to uphold the light of my father. So it definitely influenced me. And then growing up and realizing that my name to other people was extremely humorous or that I had a famous name. As soon as somebody saw my name written, then I was famous only in, in my written name. And then they all had a memory about my name. Uh, there was that weird component to it and that I was a joke and that I didn't know I wasn't in on the joke that they had the projection of. They also thought my name was moon unit with a hyphen. So then I, I, I was this like weird, you know, Martian hillbilly. Uh, um, and, uh, and, and then on top of that, so many people were so touched by my name that they then decided it, it had this kind of, um, I don't know, exalted kind of, it just did something to them. So they named their pets after me or a business or, you know, they'd go so far as to like get an LLC using my name, like start a baby clothing line or a thing. So I also always felt this incredible obligation to never make a mistake in society so that they could justify uh, their, their business, uh, their, their, their business thriving. So I never got to really take advantage of my name because like, I'm a lighting company. I'm a, a, a like a, a hat, uh, <laughs> like sometimes I'll just Google my name is what I'm do and what people have done with it. And I remember specifically one time I was going through, you know, trying to understand like, how come I'm eternally single? And I did this, uh, I did this like, um, put myself through the self-help book where I was reading about, I think it was called like keeping the love you find or whatever. Some, I think it was a Harville Hendricks book. Anyway, going through the book and I'm struggling and crying, going through the pages, doing all the, the, you know, the written things you're supposed to do. And I get to a section in the book where two people who are having a successful relationship have named their relationship moon unit. Oh my God. When you read your own name as a success in relationship and you're not having success and you can't use your name, just, just start there, gentlemen. That's what I have to say to you. There's more and there's more. <laughs> yeah, it must be endless because like I'm just right now across the room from me, I have a, a beanbag that's called a moon pod. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, condo, a condominium unit in Austin, Texas. I'm a, a improv troupe that just started up recently. Uh, I'm all kinds of things. So, <laughs> yeah, improv troops sometimes they get real lazy and just use some, a, a person's name, and that that's, <laughs> that's supposed to be like ironic, ironic or sarcastic or something. I don't know. Yeah, but they um, wouldn't go moon units way more special than going by a Doug name for an improv group, you know? Well, and then the other, thing too, the other thing too is now my name is not even that unusual. I remember uh, when I met, remember Sultan Pepper? Mm -hmm. Doug? Yeah. And oh, when, yeah. when I met Sultan, I was like, seriously, Sultan Pepper? And uh, she was like, seriously, Moon Unit? And we laughed and laughed. And then <laughs> subsequently hearing all the, the, the names that, that uh, celebrities name their their kids. I mean, there there have been far far uh, more uh, challenging names to overcome and and merge with and make sense of. But I think at the end of the day, everybody does have uh, names are so weird because they do put you in this relationship with this other thing to either live up to or leave behind or um, make peace with or. And then when you don't feel like you are your name, that is also so weird. 
Right. So I wanted to change my name to beauty heart. When I was little, I was like, that's, that's who I really am. I'm beauty heart. (laughs) And they're like, we're saving that for one of your sisters. (laughs) (laughs) And of course I went the opposite way with my, with my daughter. I named her Matilda because I love those old fashioned gigantic names you have to grow into. How yeah, because often... nobody's born looking like a Matilda, <laughs> uh, but, but you can get there. Uh, how, yeah. how often do you daydream about the alternate timeline of you as Motorhead? I mean, first of all, if you accept that there that there's no such thing as time, I am Motorhead right now. There's an aspect of me that is Motorheading it up. <laughs> oh <Whoa>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to tell you, uh, Doug, to take a deep breath because we might go into the deep end. Oh, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a question for you about... Now, Zappa isn't... Is that a name that is a last name that other... There are other families with that name or is it pretty much just your family has that last name? Oh yeah. The last name is, is a Sicilian name. I actually met a bunch of Zappas uh, a couple years ago. Uh, and, um, it means, uh, little digger or hoe. Uh, and, uh, so I, I wear hoe proudly. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, cause I just, uh, I just felt that the, the, the made up soundingness of it meant, just meant that it, you know, uh, you know, there would, there wouldn't be other people with that name, but there, there's no, like, if you look up, I know there's no such thing as a phone book anymore. I'm dating myself, but like, are there a bunch of Zappas in the phone book? Like you ever met any yes. other Zappas? Yes, there are. And they, like, and, they come up to you. Like when you're out in the world, they're just like, Hey, I'm a Zappa also. Uh, I, I have not, I don't think I've been contacted directly uh, by any of the Zappas, but again, when I went to Sicily and I met them, they definitely, uh, the, the, they were all, uh, tiny and hobbit like, and, uh, lived on one giant compound. And so I was like, Oh, it's like a, this is a lineage thing. This is, this is a, and a lot of them, uh, had something to do with sound. Uh, they were into either radio or dealt with, um, uh, uh, you know, equipment that, that recorded sound captured sound. Um, the, it, it was, yeah, it was interesting to see the, there was, that there is something to that ancestral line as well. Uh, when you, when you dive into your, uh, your, your origins, it's, it's fun. It's fun to go check that, that world out. If you have a chance to go back to where, whatever place your families are from, where are they from? Where, what is, where, what are your, your, where it's, are you guys? Uh, I'm a three quarters, uh, Norwegian and the remaining quarter, uh, Italian. Hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, nothing. Have you ever had a chance to go back to those, those places and, and feel what that, what that feels like? I haven't done any of the, you know, uh, ancestry.com or any of that kind of, uh, that kind of thing. I don't know why I'm not more curious about that. But even visiting the the countries, even just seeing the landscape of your, of your lineage. Well, I've been to England, so I just sort of waved. And uh, you know, <laughs> gave a little, gave a bigger wave to Norway because it's you know a more Norwegian. But what about you, Doug? What's your uh, 
It's, I mean, Heritage. French, but with some English, but yeah, Mellard, you know, <laughs> definitely some French there. I'm on some weird uh, Facebook group with a bunch of Mellards and it's, 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 it's very strange because there's a lot, of, a lot of French people that just making fun of the American Mellards over here and how far we've gotten away from pronouncing it correctly, I guess. Oh, yeah, because they're over there just really going, Mellard. <laughs> yeah. Le- leaning hard on the lard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we talk about this a lot, Moon, but, uh, you know, his last name being Mellard, like people will just say Mallard just, you know, just because, you know, that's more of a word they're more familiar with. Um, and, uh, and he tends to just let it go when he hears it. Um, I guess people are going to always get moon, right? Or is there some, is there any frequent error you get when people are, uh, that don't know you are trying to say your name? Well, when I was younger and I would call people on the telephone or whatever, make a doctor's appointment or whatever the circumstances would be. And you'd be on the phone and you'd say, I'd say moon, they'd go roof. And I just, I could just hear the layers layers of denial. Uh, And then, and then when I would go out in public as a teenager, uh, right after Valley Girl had come out and I, I just did not want to, whatever, I was a teen with acne. I was like, the last thing I wanted was attention. And uh, so I, my, my, um, my friends, I made them all call me Debbie in, in, uh, in public. So <laughs> if they had to shout my name across a, a busy mall, they'd be like, Debbie. And I turn and say, yes, yeah, coming. I'll be right, right over. Just have to get this hot dog on a stick. I'll be right over. <laughs> Do you think that your Debbie is an IE or a Y? I was Debbie because uh, you could make a heart over the I. Uh, which is adorable. Yeah, I would think some Debbies probably just change the spelling of their names so they can do that. <laughs> um, that yeah, IE names or just an I were super popular. Uh, I mean, in terms of like the, the sought after name to have a Tammy or um, a Sandy or a Debbie. These were names that were, to me, in the, in the uh, desirable category. Anything ending with that E sound. Ricky, yeah. Yeah, especially right. if it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get dragged into a whole thing with uh with putting a E sound on your name because of the the religious uh is, is there are they a cult? Is that what the Moonies are? Oh right. And that's I guess. I mean I didn't I didn't that wasn't the cult my cult of choice. I, I went for something um I love I love Indian food, so I went uh, the Indian route. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> What um what uh what does what names did you desire? Did you want an al- an alternate name? Did you have a did you have a nickname that you went by? What was what was your? Uh, you know that's the thing for me, and I think a lot of dogs is we just sort of uh, you know accept our lot in life and don't really uh don't really dream of um changing the name. You know, it's uh because you don't think of yourself as like oh I de- I deserve a you know a a slicker name than this. Uh, I don't, isn't the middle path. I mean, isn't the middle way that, 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 that acceptance path, isn't that the more enlightened path? So you, you got, you got to be more relaxed sooner. I have a shattered nervous system because of my name. So you, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where the <laughs> <crime> <laughs> Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, we're really, uh, really turning a corner with this program now that we have somebody that, you know, we're, we've been asking, you know, uh, people named Janet, you know, how tough was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we boohooed over Doug many a time, and now it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we feel bad that we, you know, but you're right. We have, I think that's part of the name Doug is it's a, just a very accepting of circumstance. And uh, that's why, you know, until recently, we're, we're so excited, Moon, because the the very first second gentleman in the history of our country uh, is named Doug, you know, his, Kamala Harris's husband is named Doug Emhoff. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just, it's, uh, it, when that happened, it was so exciting for, for this show because we're always talking about who's the greatest Doug, you know, of all time, is, you know, especially living, because it'd be great to get him on the show. So my point, Moon Roof, is that um, <laughs> I would like you, if you ever run into anybody or know anybody that knows Doug Emhoff, just if you would pitch him coming on uh, this show, we'd appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Have you ever tried direct uh, tweeting him? Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. you know, I don't know. And you haven't had all your fans, <laughs> your loyal fans just uh, also direct tweet. I mean, this is oh, the no, same they, thing. They do. He, okay. He's a little busy, but. <laughs> yeah, I think we're not really a priority. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, again, proves our point that Doug's aren't necessarily special. And when one of us becomes really special, with the first thing we're going to do is turn our back on all the other Doug. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that he do you, but do you think he's doing his Doug thing and he's not feeling like he's worthy of the podcast? Like what's the do you think he might also be experiencing his Dougness and that's why he hasn't done it yet? I think there's just so much uh so much stuff he has to do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's insecure about his new role and having the name Doug, and he's just trying to yeah. accept all that together. That's, yeah. That sounds like a double, a double possible burden. Sure. <laughs> I think I think he'd really have to vet, like he'd vet on this podcast, and then you know, next thing you know, he'd be like, <laughs> you know, worried that appearing on this would uh, lead to headlines that, like, you know. Uh, Doug Emhoff talks to a, a, you know, a stoner podcaster or something like that. <laughs> True. And, you know, people just try to drag him through the dirt for talking to us. Well, this is already, this is a great way to uh, reverse engineer it. So you already consider the, the reasons why he'd say no. And then you got to just brainstorm the reasons why those would be assets. That's exactly ah. what we should do the podcast is because, it's uh, if there's a if there's a you know a segment of the population he wants to reach and 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 create this this uh, this bridge this harm this harmony, then this would be a perfect. I mean, I don't want to tell yeah. you how to pitch this, but uh, no, you're I'm right. You're this. right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. There was stuff Obama shouldn't have done, but he did it, and it and it worked out great. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, human nature. Oh, humans. Um, yeah. These more importantly are... than, than your name is, is the idea that, that we're even, I mean, sometimes I think that forget my name for a second. I don't even think that I'm, I'm, I don't even know that we even have any free will. 
where do you, where do you stand on free will with the, because don't you sometimes feel like you just get handed, not just a name, but a goodie bag of attributes that you might not have picked for yourself qualities that you don't necessarily love about yourself that oh, are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doug, do you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've just got a laundry list of things I hate about myself, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Starting with you need to do laundry, buddy. <laughs> Which is actually uh, very true. Where do you think? Where do you yeah. think the hatred comes from? The self hatred comes from. Oh, probably the name Doug. I mean, that's the the whole basis of the podcast. That started it all off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a, it, It's just. It's hard to raise a rise above being like a you know. Uh, a uh, straight white dude with like, you know, with a super boring name, you know, it's, uh, there's already just on paper, you're not interesting, you know, but. So did that make you want to like be interesting in other ways or just, yeah. or I think that's what pushed me into, you know, performing, you know, is that, uh, I was, didn't, didn't want to, not to say that other dogs in the world settle. I think a lot of dogs are very content, you know, and that's part of it as well as I think, you know, cause we've talked about this on the show before, you know, you're the full name. In most cases is Douglas, which is a way more sophisticated name than Doug, but most Douglases just get naturally called Doug. Strangely as as they get older, <laughs> you're more likely to be called it when you're young. Cause we will, you know, the teacher just reads what's on the page or, you know what I mean? Or if you're being punished as I often was, then it, you know, then they go to Douglas. Have you ever just t taken your name in another language, like done the pronunciation or the spelling or the, 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 in another, in a, like a, I don't know, the Urdu or the, the Hindi or the, I don't yeah, know. There, there might be a good one. I just know that there, there is no direct translation in Spanish. Right. Uh, there's no Doug in Spanish. It actually That's translates why. in Spanish to Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what does it mean? What is, what does Doug mean? Um, Few things I'm on urban are. dictionary right now. And it says from dark, the dark river. Yeah, dark oh. waters, dark river. I think there's a few. Yeah, that's again, that's just like, oh, we found this in the dark river. <laughs> I guess we'll raise it and we'll call it Doug after its dark river origins. <laughs> well, I'm reading a man who has deep insights, mystical powers, and isn't afraid to explore explore both the dark and light sides of life, seeing them all as one. A person of great understanding, having wisdom that accrues with age, very public persona, but deeply private in many ways. Wow, they nailed it. <laughs> you that's, us. Say, that's us. Goofball? <laughs> With a touch of goof. Um, all right. Well, thank you for looking that up, Moon. We've got five and five questions written by Doug's, especially for you. Uh, but before we do that, we need to go to a, a brief commercial break. We'll be right back. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We are back with Moon Roof. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got five and five questions for you. But before we do that, Moon, we really would like you to eat some leftovers. Now, the reason Doug was yelling at you is to to give the segment, you know, it makes it dynamic, but also, um, we ran out of time in the last show. We were talking to uh, actor and poker player Sam Levine, and um, we didn't get to all five of his questions. I think you, you asked four and I asked three. Uh, yeah, I've got one left. Yeah, you got one left. Okay. So real quick, Moon, would you mind answering his questions? I'd love to. Do you want me to answer them as him or as myself? Uh, it's, you know, it's your choice. It's, it's your call entirely, I guess. Probably. I don't know. I'm so I'll just go myself. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, so my next question was going to be, uh, your beard always looks great. That's what's not a question. Oh. What's your secret? <laughs> I, I know. I know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I forget to make it a question, but what okay. is your secret to your, your uh, great beard? Uh, I use a product uh, on my hair. I guess it would work on a beard. Um, that's, uh, I can't remember the name of the company that, that makes it, which is probably a good thing, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Jasmine oil essentially. Uh, and, and coconut oil is a a wonderful, wonderful, um, emollient. So when you put that in your hair, it like, and you're in the, you leave it in for like 30 minutes and then you, and then you rinse it out. Yeah. Yeah. When you rinse it out, it can't help but cruise right through your beard on its way down your face and towards the drain. And that probably really, really leaves you with a luxurious beard. It's soft and it smells amazing. That's great. I uh, smell like a garden. <laughs> you uh, smell like what? A garden. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I would, I, I think, I would say that Sam does often smell like, like garden. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, Doug. Ask, ask the next question. Uh, my question was because Sam was in a short with chris hemsworth who plays thor what is thor like in real life my guess is he's just a, an everyday guy like you and me uh i think he's <laughs> probably uh the god he, of thunder <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he might have a few more uh requests or um or uh pleas coming towards him um but uh but i think at the end of the day everybody has to just make their choices based on their preferences and the circumstances they have access to the information that's available um yeah i'm sure it's uh he's just like we are (laughs) uh, level the playing field between that's i you know i want to get sam back on the show because i bet you that's going to be his answer (laughs) (laughs) I bet you could say you could probably sync it up and they probably will just match. Um, but one more for Sam and then we'll get to 
questions for Moon. It's been a minute since not another teen movie was made. Which cast member have you remained closest to? The tallest one? Right, because Sam is, uh, you know, he's not a very tall dude, so he probably likes to keep tall people around, you know, keeps his... (laughs) Let's give him a chance to exercise his neck. We, we need a lookout. We always need somebody in the crow's nest. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You always need a tall guy around. But keep your eye on that tall guy, though, because he could, you know, he could be the tall guy of your group, and the next thing you know, he's in pictures at the insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have, thank you for eating those leftovers. Uh, but now it is time for the main course. We have five and five questions. And uh, we'll start with you, Doug. What's your first question for, you just met her for the first time over this, this conference call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> serious conference call. Yeah, what's your uh, first question for Moon? Uh, first question, any special plans for National Moon Day this year? Uh, when is it? July 20th. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably don't have special plans yet, but now that you know. Now that I know, uh, I want to know where it's most widely celebrated. And I'd, I'd certainly have to check the moon cycle. Um, for example, if it's a new moon, it might be a bonfire, uh, some kind of a, a, a new beginnings ceremony. If it's a full moon, then I, I, obviously it's a letting go ceremony. I don't have to tell you how to celebrate the moon. No, no, we're both, we're total lunatics. Oh my God, though. I I can't believe we finally coined a name for your fans. (laughs) That is incredible. this feels like a very moon question for me, for me to ask you, how many books have you read during the pandemic and do you have a favorite? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I read a ton and I listened to a ton also. Um, my, I mean, I'm obsessed with George Saunders. Um, so I would have to just say, uh, everything, everything by him is, is, uh, is heaven. But, uh, yeah, I ended up, uh, reading and listening to Lincoln, the Bardo, um, Pastoralia. I'm now reading the latest one. That's his, uh, basically like a mini course that he does through Syracuse university. And, and it's just, it's, you get 300% smarter with every page. Whoa. Damn. I could use that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but let me know when you're doing it. I'll do it too, because I don't want you to get 300% smarter. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> That's how about you am i allowed to ask what you read can i love a book i love a book recommend no that's why i asked you because i'm so bad with it that i just oh. I, i've watched a million movies and tv shows but uh you know his work at all whose work george saunders oh uh no i don't He's our greatest American um, writer, uh, living writer, and uh, he's an absurdist. And it's all it's it's satire. It's 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 ungodly funny. It's it's just it's. Yeah. I mean, I cannot say enough good stuff about his his work. So please, please indulge. Yeah, I get confused because wasn't there was an actor named George Sanders. 
Correct. This is not that guy. But do yeah, start this- with Pastorelia. That's the gateway book yeah. for sure. Yeah, this guy is not the voice of Shere Khan in the Jungle Book. uh go doug go all right i got really excited to uh, ask because last week i really got into tea last week i'm a newbie and i just wanted to ask you what makes laurel canyon chai so good and different what makes it so good and different um i think the ratio of cardamom uh to cinnamon i think a lot of people go heavy on the cinnamon and for my palate not enough um cardamom there's also a little allspice that uh hint and uh and a, a, a you know a, a nutmeg punch which uh is uh, i think a, a nutmeg is a very underrated spice and then i just recently read that if you have too much of it you can get high from it so oh that's um, good you'll have you'll have to tell me if uh if it's uh if I straddle that edge with, with my Wait. teeth. What do you mean? If you, what you said, if you have too much of it, you can get high from it. That sounds yeah. like the perfect amount of it. <laughs> that doesn't sound like too much to me. <laughs> um, I didn't understand most of that, what that exchange the, the two of you just had. So I'm glad that you have your own private language. I have a little tea company. I have a little tea company and he, he must've uh, seen something about it. So I have, uh, yeah. Teas. Yep. I was gifted a lot of tea and I looked you up and I saw the connection and I was like, I'm trying to get into this tea life and I'm really excited. So it was, it was cool to see that. Yeah. yeah. Good. Just don't get high from it, man. No, that's <laughs> do man don't get high from it (laughs) um all right so uh, this we're flying through these this is great um my second question is moon do you remember seeing patch adams yes at the galaxy theater on hollywood boulevard right yeah on christmas day yes 1998 Yep. Yeah, a bunch of us heathens, uh, you know, that weren't that into Christmas and were also, uh, in some cases, you know, separated from our families. We all just went to a uh, a, a matinee of Patch Adams. Well, that was our that was what we would do. We'd go as a big gaggle to to go yeah. see, see movies and do do things as a, as a big group. It was such a, a fantastic nice. time. And then, yes, I think I know where you're going with this. Do I remember what happened to me? <laughs> Well, that's so funny because I just the, the the question was just you know do you remember you know and, and clearly you do so I I figured that we would fill in the details after you, after you said when <laughs> well, you I want to hear your account of remember it. Remember, well, my account of it is that you know we were a bunch of smart Alex who probably usually picked movies that like were bad enough that everyone around us wouldn't get annoyed, but on Christmas Day families that want to just go and have a good cry at patch adams uh, you know which is a kind of a comedy but it's also a pretty heavy drama um it just didn't really work out that we were having such a good time in, in <laughs> our in our section and so a, a projectile which i believe was like the rest of somebody's bag of candy hard candy uh, hard candy <laughs> We're not talking gum, Doug. We're talking hard candy. Uh, the bag like came flying past. Um, did it 
sail past your head or did it hit you? Oh, no, it made contact. It hit me. I got hit in the head with a hard bag of candy. And I thought it was, <laughs> I was laughing too hard at this, this movie that I found unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is it it was the constant uh, laughing at things that weren't supposed, the parts that weren't supposed to be funny. It is not my <laughs> fault that people don't know when to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it was, it, it, I, you know, it, it hit you, but it was really meant for everybody. And you, you seem to get through it. Okay. Too. Like it didn't see, you didn't complain about being injured as much as just, it's just shocking that someone would throw something. I think, I think honestly, um, because my father had been thrown off stage, I just always assume that outsiders are going to be aggressive and, and come at you. And I've always viewed myself as a karma accelerator, not by choice, just by accident. I'm always the person that like accidentally asks like the most troubling question, just innocently. I'll just, you know, say like, (laughs) what's, you know, what's happening. And then it'll be like the day that something terrible is, ha- whatever it is. Anyway, the point is, um, I, I seem to, I, I do seem to be an attractor, uh, which I'd, I'd love to fire myself from this role. I definitely don't want to do it anymore. It's not fun to be the one that gets the, uh, the bullseye, uh, for, for the group as the, as they say, I think right. that was well, Jesus before, right. Jesus took care of that one. I, I don't need to I do think- the candy, whatever it was, whatever kind of candy it was, I think it really honed in on the person that was having the most fun. Right. That's like, they, they were probably like, that's not fair. Yeah, it really the 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 person who threw their anger because uh, <laughs> they had you know I don't know what you know maybe they had just come from a hospital I don't know but it was, uh, <laughs> I love the scenario. <laughs> they've just come from a hospital and and even and their loss was so great that they felt that they should uh share their 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 anger and bitterness but but it is weird that i didn't say hey don't do that that is now retroactively i'll take that to my therapist the next time yeah maybe you're still uh still need to talk about it a little bit because uh you when i first brought it up you seemed okay but it's getting worse as we talk more. It is. Yeah, it is. It's actually, yeah, it's, I'm, it's, I'm, I might have to cut this cut out early actually. And just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you, it is very, you know, we probably saw more than one movie together and uh, that's the only one I remember, Absolutely. Um, but it was a, it was a group thing. We'd all, uh, you know, go together, but this was, particularly a weird one because you know on christmas day movies are kind of they're kind of empty but there are people there so we sort of felt like we had it to ourselves and then we found out in the rudest way that we that we did not have it all to ourselves i think you're right to add that the compassion piece because i i you're right at that age i definitely was like this we are the center of the universe this group of people and i don't care if anyone else is is miserable about they they're lucky that we're here laughing teaching how to people how to laugh and enjoy something um so that's that was my arrogance and and thank you for pointing that out um my my favorite game that we played during that time was the chloroform game where we just pretend to chloroform one another and you have to you have to just fall if you yeah, ask yeah, their hands, anytime, anytime somebody came up behind you and put a handkerchief or napkin or something over your <laughs> face, uh, you had to just capitulate immediately. You couldn't. You couldn't, you couldn't it, be like, it was, you couldn't say not now. It was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss that. I would love that. 
we're like doing it to each other, like at weddings and stuff. Oh my God. I'm bringing that back. Oh, uh, it was the best. It, it was so, that's such a great long form running gag. So heavenly. <laughs> The other one that I enjoyed uh, that we did, like when we were uh, hanging out at the beach was someone would just start running and then uh, someone would yell bang. And that person had to fall over. Like they just got shot. (laughs) (laughs) Already uh, unknowingly preparing for a hostile world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Your turn, Doug. All right. Uh, (laughs) God, I really am excited about this chloroform thing. Uh, <laughs> what? You're going to do it to your dog. I just yeah. know. <laughs> I'll send you a video later for sure. Uh, got to ask, what do you think the odds are that we've met at a Miss Pamela backyard party? I'm going to say 100% possible. I bet we have. Uh, <laughs> I've just been to a couple, though, but always a good time. It's been a few years since I've been to one, but... What does that mean? What are you talking about now? You guys in your secret language is really getting to me. <laughs> She's your godmother, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Pamela is. Yeah, I mean, she. I she's just one of my most treasured, treasured humans. I just love her so, so much. And uh, yeah, she was uh, my, I guess, one of my first babysitters. And uh, and she's just. Um, when I read her book as a, as a reading about her teenage, uh, sexual experiences, her first times, it was, I mean, she's just been like such a, a mentor and a inspiration as a writer and in, in all kinds of ways. She's just wonderful. I love her so much. Pamela DeBar. Incredible. And I, I, Doug, uh, and she was part of the inspiration for the character almost famous, uh, right? I think so. I think you're right about that. Yep. Uh, Kate Hudson's character. Yeah, my wife took a writing class of hers, and so we would go to some of her parties. And oh, I put it together. She, I was like, "Oh, we probably party together." We did she perform somebody? I remember it now. <laughs> did Did your wife love the the writing program? Oh the writing- my god, yes. She, yeah. she she actually wants to get back into it. Uh, yeah, soon. That's great. What a great human being. <laughs> that's that's a really cool first babysitter, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, uh, you're, you're also close with Michael DeBar. I'm not close with Michael DeBar. Is this part of the next question? <laughs> well, why did he, didn't he come see us when we were in that show together, that studio 54 show? Wasn't he there? He probably was in the audience. He probably was, uh, listen, we were doing cutting edge theater. Everyone needed to be there and wanted to be yeah. there. It was really, it was a hot show, but like, uh, I think maybe he was there with Beverly D'Angelo. Am I remembering that right? That sounds about right. That that yeah. sounds like that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> that was such a great show. That needs to come back. I just, every famous person that was in the audience and felt to me like they came because, you know, you invited them. That was my, uh, <laughs> that was my, that was my take on it. Cause you know, Tom Kenny wasn't SpongeBob yet. You know, we didn't know that he would, that he would take over the world. <laughs> yeah, I probably did invite Beverly who probably did invite Michael. That's that probably does make sense. I've been seeing so many things lately, like Halston on uh, Netflix. Yeah. 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 And, and there's a documentary about Studio 54 on uh, one of the other ones, uh, Prime, yeah. I think. And uh, they're seeing so much stuff about it. And just so memories of doing that show keep, uh, keep rushing back to me. But uh, for the listeners and for Doug, a friend of ours named Laura Milligan wrote a musical about, you know, a comedy musical about uh, Studio 54. 
and then cast a bunch of us in it. And then we like really did it. And it was, yeah, uh, you were Warhol, uh, right? And I was, yeah, uh, I was in Warhol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was, um, it was super fun and, uh, a crazy group of people who now are like, you know, like Paul F. Tompkins was Truman Capote and, uh, Karen Kilgariff was Eliza Minnelli and, um, yeah, the aforementioned Tom Kenny was in it. And initially, it was, initially the, in the very first pre, pre, uh, performance of it, they had Tenacious D was the, were the, like the narrator characters, but then that later became uh, B.J. Porter and Scott Ackerman. But anyway, um, yeah, that was a, a super fun experience. And I, I just keep being reminded of it because for some reason, Studio 54 is just really in the, uh, the uh, zeitgeist right now. So funny. Question number three. Are we going to run out of time? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, since he starred in the original, the OG Valley Girl movie, top three Nick Cage movies, go. Oof. Um, hmm. I don't. Oh, what was the one, the Scorsese, the Scorsese one, the one um, where he's an ambulance driver? I liked that one. Oh, yeah. Peggy Sue got married. No. Um, is that like bringing, something about the dead? Bringing yeah, the dead. bringing out the dead, bringing out the dead. I liked, I liked that, that one. Um, uh, I liked, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't, he was, I, he's not, he was not one of my, was he in Rumblefish? I bet he was. As a, as a minor character, I don't really, I, he was not on my list of like, gotta see every single thing he makes. I apologize. Oh no, that's okay. It would be uh, nearly impossible to do that. But, um, he, uh, you know, you can't throw a stick at an early Francis Ford Coppola movie without hitting him. Right. Uh, was, he in Top Gun? <laughs> was he in Top Gun? No, that wasn't Coppola. That All was, right. uh, Tony Scott, but, um, but you're in the right ballpark with uh, what about uh, wow. Peggy Sue got married? Do you like that? Not really. Yeah, I didn't either. He was weird, <laughs> really weird. He was really weird in that one. Like he was kind of uh, he gave kind of a bigger performance than the rest of the cast. Um, raising what Arizona. Else he in? What? Yeah, raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. Oh, that's the best. Sorry. Yeah, raising Arizona. You're right. That's it. No, I'm not. I'm not done here. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come up with Moon's definitive top three cage movies. Face off. I'm taking Rumblefish <laughs> out. I don't feel like you're passionate about Rumblefish. I'm not so passionate. I'm gonna, about it. Keep going. I'll take turns suggesting movies until you like one. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna start with Moonstruck. Yes, I'll go with Moonstruck. I loved it. Oh. Yep, we already did it. Perfect. So Moonstruck, um, <laughs> Raising Arizona. And bring the something the dead, whatever it was. Bringing, bringing out the dead. Now it's a fish. Yep. So you've officially answered the question. Yep. Great. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I can dot all the I's and cross all the T's. That felt like, like dealing with paperwork that, that just then. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like I just, I just feel like I just sent something, something into the IRS. Thank you. Yeah. I always just want to write, uh, you know, not not pertinent or something in almost every every open space on one of those things uh why or just writing there why do you need to know this <laughs> that's how i feel when i go to the doctor and they make you fill out those things and i want to be like now your turn you tell me about your thing you get in this paper dress 
Yeah. Why could you get, could they weigh you when you come in at the beginning of the day and put the results up on a board that we can all see? <laughs> Do you remember that restaurant that were you, they, that was, it was like on Van Nuys. It was called like Piggly something or other. And you would go there and they, you paid by uh, how much you weighed after the meal. What? I can't believe that that's a thing. It, it didn't last. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that bar in uh, Studio City that was called Residuals? Yeah. Where, where they'd give you like a free drink if you brought in a residual check for under a dollar. Yes. Oh my God. And then they, you know, how quickly did they go? Oh no, we'll just give you a discount on a drink. <laughs> and that's then, everyone. That's right. everybody that. <laughs> yeah, it's just everybody because the, the cheapest, lamest residual checks laying around. <laughs> it was not a good business plan. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's I last time I drove by there it's still called residuals I think I think it's still a bar but maybe not I maybe it's, maybe it's a restaurant or something by now there's so many so many things have uh, changed in this town um did you just ask a question Doug you you did Nicholas Cage oh, oh it's your turn let's try to get another one in <laughs> all right I've heard you uh, compare your father to Spock before. Can you elaborate for our listeners on that a little bit? Just that he was extremely uh, logical and efficient with uh, his energy and uh, his his uh, his observations. They were very um, just not, I won't say cold, but just very. Uh, he was very good at distilling things to their essence and just seeing it, seeing things uh, without without any emotion. I, he never raised his voice once the entire time I, I knew him. Wow. Always calm, rational, calm, calm, Everybody calm. Everybody could use a little of that. But yeah, but then at the same time, well, you know, such fun and energetic music uh, a lot of the time, you know? Right. Well, I know. Yeah. And you were, I mean, to, let me say, you were not allowed to have a feeling. Does that, is that, is that helpful? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. I, I get that. <laughs> Plus he can yeah. knock people out when he split his fingers and hit their neck. Right. I assume. Yeah, exactly. That was, he had a bodyguard that, uh, that knew the, the special, uh, place to just pinch your neck and, and make you go to sleep. And then, <laughs> and then my father uh, also knew the, what he called the Brown note, which he could play a note that would make you shit your pants. Whoa. I don't that's know if real. That's, that's just real what thing. I was told. I have no idea. That's just this is just one of those things. Even in my own family, I'm like, is that a thing? Is that real? Was that a threatened punishment? <laughs> brown note. If you don't go to bed, I'm gonna do the brown note right now. We're gonna get the brown note so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you really that's really right up. Uh, Doug's Alley, that uh, the, the con <laughs> concept of a, a note that would make people shit themselves. <laughs> he is so he is so excited right now. You, that's the first thing you're going to Google after this, isn't it? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, maybe he was talking about five G ahead of his uh, ahead of time. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he was confusing the blue note and the brown derb. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I know we're joking around and everything, but you know, Spock, of course, was notoriously cold. So you're saying that he gets the ship where it needs to go, but uh, you know, everyone's not necessarily 
it's not a happy journey. Well, I think I was, I, I meant that, 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 that ability to see that with crystal clarity, the, 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 the meat, the, like the distillation of any problem with, mm-hmm. with, uh, with that, with that clear, that clear view, that calm view. But yeah, I suppose, uh, there was a little, I mean, yeah, like I said, just, he was an emotional person, but just not, um, that just wasn't, that wasn't how he handled problems. Right. Yeah. yeah, But also like he didn't, like you said, the the not raising the voice and having a clear, you know, way of expressing everything was what made him so effective uh, when he uh, testified that time. About the, about the what was that thing called the pnrc the, PM, the pmrc yeah pm pmrc yeah um i mean that was the, the footage of him doing that it's just fascinating how how great he was at it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he really he really uh was just smooth as, as all get out and we are out of time moon we're gonna ask the rest of your questions to our next guest, if that's okay with you. I, yeah, I just I'd love to hear how 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 they answer. I can't I can't wait to hear. How, this is a nice way of connecting. It's connective tissue to the other guests. So thank you for this experience and thank you both for having me on the show. Oh it was God, wonderful. Thank you. What a delight. <laughs> Do you have uh, like um, I know you said that uh, I, I feel like you're not a huge fan of tweeting of doing stuff on Twitter. But you do have an account there. Do you every now and then? Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm at Moon Zappa. I've got um, Moon Unit T. I've got Zappa Yoga. There's a few places where I sometimes appear. But yeah, I think the only thing I really want to have people get excited about is is my tea right now. So Moon Unit yeah. Tea, which you can find uh, at teography.com. T e a dot o dot graphy dot com uh teography it's a little it's a little tea place but you, you know if you if you type in moon unit tea it'll come up as teography which is my my partner's um uh the place where you can where you can purchase it that's great thank you so much thank yeah, you thank you doug do you have anything to plug uh it's a little ways out but july 15th houston at rudyard's gonna be fun but i'll get some more dates in between now and then too all right. And then July 20th, um, I'm going to be having a, a moon ceremony somewhere. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> That's right. What day of the week is that going to be? Oh, shit. Are you busy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Tuesday. That's my Game of Thrones night. It's up. <laughs> yeah, I, I watch Game of Thrones reruns like they're new, uh, you know, religiously and so i tell people i'm busy because of game of thrones and they, they get very angry um <laughs> very stupid reason to be busy but i don't leave the house so i and i never did did you ever get into game of thrones at all moon a little bit at the beginning but then i kept thinking in my head i just kept picturing the casting sessions of people just going through not those tits not those tits not those tits and i, I found it difficult to watch as, as, as a woman just being like ugh the pigs, how the, how they probably cast it. I'm, I'm, I may be wrong. Maybe they just was like, you know what? The first tits that I see, those are the ones that are, that are getting hired. We need those tits. I, I have no idea. I used to tell people I moved too slow, but now from now on, my answer is going to be too many tits. <laughs> <laughs> Get these tits out of here so I can watch a dragon set somebody on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I want that person to be clothed. 
Um, all right. Thank you so much, Moon uh, and Doug. And as always, I always come up with like a little uh, uh, pun sort of uh, last line and title for the episode. And uh, so for this one, as always, Doug me with a spoon. <laughs> Got it.